Good evening, everyone. Perhaps turn the volume down a little bit. Now I'm going to tell you some bad news and good news. The bad news is most people in the world are not happy about their lives. But the good news is it depends on how they see life altogether. Most people, most roughly some of you are here, that are living in what we call the survival mode. They try to work from day to day, struggling, trying to get ahead just above water. How many people know someone like this? There's quite a few. Now, as they work harder, they work to a stage of what we call stability. And as they work harder and harder, they have another mode of living. They live for success. They want the best thing in life, the best education, the best cars, the best toys. But still, with certain successes in their life, it seems that they're not happy. The stuff that they have doesn't make them happy or fulfilled. It seems that their success gives them some still hollow inside. And then they have to be happy to move to the next stage, the stage of significance. We are spiritual body living, a spiritual body living in this physical mind. So, if we are seeking for things for ourselves, we cannot be satisfied at all. Unless we have a bigger cause, bigger than ourselves, we cannot be happy. In 1939 to 1945, Oscar Schindler had made a decision to be a person of success. To be a person of significance, single-handedly, he saved over a thousand Jewish people from the certain death of Holocaust in the Second World War. He impacted so many people that one of them made them a lifetime mission to tell his story. From remember, Second World War ends in 1945. Over 50 years, this person tried to write articles, write books. Uh, approach movie sets, but all failed until 1983, when he met a guy called Steven Spielberg. How many of you know Steven Spielberg? Steven Spielberg was so intrigued with the book and the story, he jokingly said, "How can a greedy businessman turn to be the savior of so many people?" He said, "I'm going to make a movie in 10 years' time." Because this kind of movie, the Holocaust movie, doesn't make any money. So, true to his word, Spielberg made a movie named The Schindler's List in 1993. An expert said that it is one of the best movie ever made, and it's the most important movie in the last century that we have. That millions of people, after watching this movie, are affected by this movie. Now today we're not talking about Schindler, but we're going to talk about a, a Bible figure who have impacted many people, a person of significance, and they have secrets that they don't know that we don't. But if we know the three secrets of those significant people, we can live a life of significance as well. Today's message we're going to talk about Esther. Now, before I do that, let's go back to history about Queen Esther. 
Some of you, if you've read your Bible, you know that the people in Judah has been unfaithful to God in many ways. God has given them chance after chance, but they failed and worshipped idols all the time. So God let the Babylonian came and destroyed and exiled everyone out of Jerusalem. After that, there's another kingdom that rise up and beat Babylon. It's Persia. Now, this story is set at this stage where Esther, who is an orphan, she lost her parents, but praise to God that her first cousin, called Mordecai, have adopted her almost like her own daughter. But Mordecai, because of the safety of Esther, told her not to reveal her secret identity as a Jew for her own safety. And last week, we've learned of God raised Esther up from an orphan girl to the queen of Persia, enjoying her life up in the high life. And during that time, Mordecai became a faithful servant in the courts of Persia. At the same time, there was a villain. His name is Heman. He wants everyone to bow homage to him. But Mordecai refused to do that. And Heman was so angry with him. He cast lots called the Pur, and he set a day that he's going to hang Mordecai on the pole. And at the same time, he's going to kill the whole Jewish people in the land. And that's the setting of the story. Now, today we're going to look at the three secrets of a person of significance, of Esther. So the first thing we know is, let's look at the next slide. And that's the, the story. Mordecai told Queen Esther everything about the evil plot of Heman. Now today, we have been given the privilege to hurt God's uh, secrets, God's secret to us about the plan of the enemy as well. But when Queen Esther, who was living in comfort at that time, all of a sudden, with every Jew in the land, they're living in comfort, not knowing that what's going to happen to them, but the secret was revealed to her. Next slide, please. It's the same as the person Schindler. He was a businessman trying to make a living out of the Second World War. He joined the Nazi party, tried to be friends with them because they have more business. But at the same time, he employed Jewish refugees to work in his factory because they're cheaper, and a lot of times they don't even need to pay them, just, just feed them. And one day, while he was staying at a hotel in Berlin, he looked out of the whole square, and he was shocked. Now, you know Steven Spielberg, one of the best directors in Hollywood. The whole film was filmed in black and white, except a little girl who was dressed in red, which caught Steven, uh, Schindler's eyes. Now, Schindler went back to his out of his uh, balcony, went back to his room, and later on when he walked out of the hotel, he saw a truckload of crops, and one of them is that little girl. And the truth of the evil plot of the Nazi empire to genocide the whole of the Jewish people all of a sudden revealed to him. He was so conscious-driven, 
He was stricken, and he was feels so sick about it. He wants to make a difference to the people. Next slide, please. Now today, oh, perhaps go back to the slide. The Bible. Now, while the film was uh, produced, there's a lot of discussion among German people. There's a criticism of the German people. Why don't you guys do something about it? There are thousands of people dying and killing in the streets. But the propaganda machine of German knows effect. They said that if a lie is told 99 times, the hundredth time people believe it is going to be the truth. So the propaganda of the machine of the propaganda machine tell us it's good for German people to kill all the Jews. They keep telling them, and people believe that lie. Next slides, please. And today, lies has been told in the whole of our nation, in different places in the world. Even today, how many of you are still in university? In university, how about in the workplace? I'm sure that a lot of discussion among your workplace, among your universities, a lot of them is revolved about the lies: what is good, what is right, what we should tolerate. All these things are lies from the enemies. The Bible tells us Jesus come to give us life and life abundant, but the thief come to steal and kill and destroy our lives. Now, in many parts of the developing world, like China, like India, we see thousands of people coming forth to believe in Jesus. Praise the Lord! But in Australia and in the Western world, young people are driven away from the church. If you look at the statistics, there's a drop in Christianity in numbers in the last 50 years by 22 percent. Church attendance among young people dropped by 48 percent, and the increase of this no religion increased by 269 percent. This is the lie of the enemy, and we have ourselves to blame, because instead of trusting in the power of the gospel, the Western church have, in one hand, believed in the intellectualism, and on the other hand, emotionalism. Yes, we need to know what we are believing. We need to know to understand the Bible, but that's not the Bible. Yes, we know to be emotion and passionate about Jesus, but that's not all about. It's all about the power of the Holy Spirit that lives in our life, that transform life, that bring people. And that's why when people come to the Western Church. They don't see any changes in people's life. People still drinking, still people swearing. People still live a double life, and it drove people away. Divorce rate in the church and outside of the church, there's no difference. And we cannot tell them that we have the power of God in our life. We do not know, but the Bible revealed to us the truth that our struggle is not against flesh and blood. But against the evil spiritual power of the air, we need to know that we are not struggling against better education or more louder music. It's about the power of God in our life. Next slide, please. In this Western world, we are like this person who sit there and just read the news in the middle of a rail. We don't know that the enemy has an evil plan. 
like Heman, try to destroy everyone in the church. And we just sit here, just do, doing the motion each week, trying to teach more sophisticated or more emotional. We don't understand the power of the gospel, the power of the gospel that we can change life. The Bible warns us severely. He said we need to wake up. We need to be alert. We need to know that our enemy is like a proud lion trying to devour people who are not ready. Brothers and sisters, this is one of the reasons why I emphasize doing devotion and soap every day. Next slide, please. We need to review, unveil our eyes about the truth. The Bible tells us the enemy has tried to unveil our eyes so we cannot see. But we need to each day try to open to the truth by reading the Word of God. Research has shown that people who engage with the Bible, people who read, not just read the Bible, but ask God, what is this passage speaking to me? What should I do about it? You need to be passionate about it. And SOAP is a method where we observe, put the application, and pray to God each day, help me to achieve that. The research throughout thousands of people in the whole world, finds that they have a big research and finds it with many indicators, better churches, better music, more uh, system in place, all that doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is the person is self-feeding on the Word of God. The Bible tells us that how can a young man keep pure in his life by living the Word of God? If the research says that if you have been engaged with the Bible more than four times a week, you can resist temptation over a hundred times more. Your way of evangelism increased by 200%. This is the power of God. It's not just I can quote more or I can have speak five languages of different translation of the Bible. It's the power of God in our life that we've changed. We can resist temptation. We feel good about ourselves. The Bible tells us that your word is a lamb on my feet and a light on my path. People who read the Bible and engage with the Bible feel that they know the direction what God is leading to them. And the Bible tells clearly, the Bible is God-breathed. It's God's word. And speaking to us each day that he wants to correct us, rebuke us, train us so that the men of God can be equipped to do everything for God. We need to unveil our eyes from the lies of the enemy like Esther. She was quite comfortable to be a queen. But when the news comes to her, she needs to make a decision. The first secret of a person of significance is they unveil their eyes to the truth. And the truth today is the Bible, the Word of God. The second secret that a person of significance. Let's read the passage. Esther has a dilemma. She knows that if she's going to approach the king, she would face a certain consequence. And this consequence is sure death. So Esther told Mordecai and said, there's only one law. If I approach the king without being summoned, I will be killed. Next slide, please. So Mordecai reminded her of something so important. Mordecai said, 
don't you know that if you do not stand up during this time, God will raise up another deliverance from another place, from another person. And don't you know that you rise today with this prominent position as the Queen of Persia for a purpose? All of a sudden, Queen Esther knew that from an orphan girl who was exiled, a refugee, to raise up all to the top to, as a Persian queen is the work of God in her life. All of a sudden, she knew that there's a cause bigger than herself. Brothers and sisters, today we need to know there's a cause bigger than ourselves. If we just live for ourselves, we will doom to fail, to be unhappy. Even when we receive every success in life, you feel empty inside. Every revolution, every um, change in the church, every forward movement of the church is people who are willing to sacrifice because they know there's a cost bigger than themselves. You can say hallelujah with that. We know that if Jesus is a bigger cost than us, it doesn't matter anything. Next slide, please. Let's go to Schindler this time. Schindler, he had to make a big decision. He needs to use all his resources. And in a movie, in a three-hour movie, it's striped how he bribed the German Nazis. He had to use up every penny that he has. There's a scene when a girl was taken to the um, train to go to the concentration camp. She, he told them, I have this diamond, can you free her? And the person said, it's not about how much you're worth, how much are we willing to give? And she took all Schindler's, gave all the money in her pocket, everything. But Schindler is willing to give up everything for this one girl. And until 1945, he's bright, he has used up every penny that he has. And praise God, at the end, his factory had to run down because there's no more money, and the war ended. He had to make a great decision. In this picture, Liam Nielsen, who is the, the, the actor, working on his Schindler's List to make a list, adding more and more and more people to save them from the certain death of Holocaust. He had to risk from shifting, from making money, He's shifting his focus on saving life. He knew that there's a bigger cost, bigger than himself, and he feels happy afterwards. Next slide, please. At the same time, there was another German at that time, a person named Diedri Benhover. How many of you have heard of his name before? He offered a book called The Cost of Discipleship. He said, in the face of evil, if we kept silent, it is evil itself. God will not hold us guiltless if we say silence during that time. He also said that not to speak is to speak, and not to act is to act. So he stepped up and faced the mighty power of the Nazis party and Hitler. He stood up to him. And he gave the ultimate sacrifice. He was taken to the concentration camp. In 1945, before the war ended, he was murdered. True to his word, he knew he can only do that when he knew that there's a cause 
bigger than himself, so he can sacrifice his life for the cause of Jesus. Jesus also tells us, now how many of you are disciples of Jesus here? Many of you are. But Jesus gives a condition. He said, if you want to me to be my disciple, you must deny yourself, take up the cross daily, and follow me. Now, for some of you who have been to church for a long time, know exactly what, uh, what Jesus said. But for some of you who doesn't know what it means to take up my own cross, this is the cross. This is not a beautiful thing for many people because it's the tool to torture people to death. Jesus came on earth and died on our behalf as a sacrificial lamb, a substitute, so to say, so that our sins can not be counted before God because he's taken our sins so that in God's eye we are pure and righteous. God wants us to follow his same footsteps and say no to ourselves. Brothers and sisters, the enemies has infiltrated, infiltrated into our church with our minds, saying that we can live a mediocre life, a lesser fair kind of life, that it's, it's silly to be passionate about Jesus. It's silly to, to give it all to God. But God's today's command revealed the truth to us that if we want to be a disciple, this is the only way to go, is to live a life according to the pattern of Jesus. Not one day, but every day on the cross. We need to deny ourselves or our pleasure or the things that we like for the sake of the kingdom. We need to be willing to sacrifice like Jesus, dying on the cross each day and to follow the footstep of our King. People who can be a person of significance because they know that there's a cause bigger than themselves so that they can live a life which is amazing, astonished to the people around us. The third thing that they know that we may not know. Next slide, please. Esther said to Mordecai, he said, go and tell all the Jews in the city in Susa to tell them not to eat or drink for three days and night. And I and my attendants would do exactly the same. She knows something. She knew something about that we don't know. It's that we need to put our faith into action. The first thing she told the people around her, or Mordecai, is that she revealed her secret identity. Now remember, she has kept herself safe by keeping it a secret. Now she makes the whole nation know. People are scattered all in Jews, and everyone knows that she is a Jew. Not only that, she and her attendants not only the tensors know, the chef know, everyone in the palace will know that she's a Jew by now. And she make a stand and say, you do it, I will do it, and I would go to the king, and if I perish, I perish. It's the decisive, courageous, bold move on her part. She knows something that we don't in this comfortable Western Australian land. Next slide, please. A lot of times, 
we have to make a decision. People knew about this passage, know about what's the cost of discipleship, but they would not act. Let me ask you a question. If 200 people to have decided to come to tonight's service, how many people are there in this service? Most probably, like you here, about 70 will turn up. The 130 people have made a decision. But unless they put their faith into action, it means totally nothing. Unless we're obedient to God's word each day, it doesn't mean a thing. Now, I may sound very cruel, but it's, it's actually from the Bible. He said a person is considered righteous not because of a faith alone. There's a lot of teaching out there that if you, if you make a decision, you change your mind, and that's all you need. But the Bible here didn't say that. It said that you will not be judged by what your mind thinks. It's your action. So as a body, if you have a body that doesn't, um, a body without a spirit, it is dead. Without action, faith is dead. We need to put our faith into action. And you say, Pastor Vincent, it's very scary, the movement that she, she made. Yes, it is scary. Faith is not the absence of fear. Faith is taking the risk in spite of the fear because you trust in God. Next slide, please. This verse it says, I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from fear. God is the only God can deliver me. Now, Esther didn't say, go and tell everyone. No, she didn't say that. She said, go and tell everyone to fast because this, this thing we cannot do by ourselves. We need to totally rely on God and God alone. Three things we need to know about how to be a person of significance. We need to know that we have to unveil our eyes with the truth. There's an evil plan out there that's going to destroy all of us. We need to be so convicted like Schindler, like Esther, like Ben Hover, that we need to make a change. And now we have to step up and not to stay in silence, to know that there is a cost bigger than ourselves. And the third thing is we need to put our faith into action today. Without action, it's all dead. I'm going to ask the worship team to come forward, and I'm going to tell you another group of people who've impacted me so much. One of my heroes of faith, Wayne Darrell, he went to China to train the underground church. When he trained the underground church, it's actually illegal. So they quickly smuggled him to a little, very simple hotel. And people around China, the leaders came. Some have to travel more than 12, 14 hours. They came and every day they sat down for the whole week, sitting down on the wooden floor with no air conditioning. And Wayne Kadar was intrigued and said, you have 22 leaders, how many people do you oversee? They counted and said, 20 million people we're overseeing in the underground church. And he said, for if I'm caught, or and if we are caught today, what would happen to us? He said, for you, you'll be deported from China, and for us, we'll live in prison for three years. Wayne said, wow. So how many of you have been to prison? 
18 out of 22 put their hands up. And throughout the whole week, they read the Bible. And in some instance, uh, Wayne's pick up the uh, Bible, and there's not enough Bibles, it's only 15 of them. And when he pick up a passage about First Peter, some, someone, when they try to read that uh, chapter, people start passing the Bible around. And he knew why. Because he, they can recite the whole chapter by heart. And Wei was intrigued and said, how, how much time do you have? How, how can you recite the Bible, the whole chapter of the Bible? He said, in prison, we have plenty of time in prison. And Wayne said, I don't think they allowed Bible in prison today. They said, no, that's why they have to smuggle pieces of paper to us all the time. And Wayne said, if they uh, know that you have paper, won't they confiscate all those paper? He said, yes, that's why we have to recite them as quick as possible. And after a week, Wayne just loved the people there. And he's, before he left, he said, I really love you, but I have to go. I'd love to pray for you. Is there anything I can pray for this group? And one of the leaders put their hands up and say, I have one. I know that in America, you have a lot of resources. You have the freedom to worship. Can you pray that we'll be like you one day? Wayne Cadero think about it, and he said, no, I cannot pray for you like that. At first, they're astonished. They they don't know what to respond and later become angry with him. Why don't you pray for us to be like you? And he said, let me explain. In my country, if people have to travel more than 30 minutes, they will not come to my church. You have traveled 12 to 14 hours to come. In my country, if I preach more than 40 minutes, people will not listen. But you sit there for a whole week from morning till night. In my country, most families have two and a half Bibles in their home, but they hardly read it. But you recite them by heart. No, I will not pray that you be like us, but one day we will be like you. They are nameless people, but they are significant in God's kingdom. Today, we need to be, if you want to be fulfilled, happy, living in God's will, we need to have these in mind. Let's, let's sing, and we're going to respond. <laughs>